Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Vegas Nation First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raiders news and analysis and coverage. And we do a uh, great job, I think, here uh, at Vegas Nation from all the podcasts, all the stories, uh, all the commentary, the photo essays, the videos. Uh, we've got you covered from uh, end zone to end zone uh, when it comes to Raiders coverage. And a part of that, a big part of that is my great co-host, Sam Gordon, who we're going to get to in one second. Uh, but before we do, I want to let everyone know that Vegas Nation podcasts are all sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal, Blue Wire, and Liquid Death, which I uh, just had a uh, bottle of or can of uh, before we started the show. So uh, I'm ready to go. Uh, nothing like a, a great um, you know, uh, can of water, bottle of water, whatever you want to call it. Um, Liquid Death is the way to go. So go check that out. Um, if you get a chance to, uh, Sam, how are you doing, my friend? Vinny, doing well. Did you, uh, did you enjoy your bye week? Uh, I enjoyed my bye week. It's always a little weird. Um, you know, you just get into a zone, basically starting in training camp where it's football, uh, and you get onto a, a, a semi-regular schedule. Um, and so when it gets broken the way it was broken last week, it's, it's a little bit weird. Um, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I was able to go, go back to the Midwest for a couple of days, enjoyed a wedding on Saturday and, oh. uh, you know, came back, back re- re- refreshed and recharged and, and ready to go because the season continues. I mean, the season didn't stop. I, I thought it was a great, um, a great week six uh, of NFL games, even though the Raiders didn't play great matchup between the Chiefs and Bills. I enjoyed Sunday night, Dallas and Philly. That got close at the end. Uh, and just a number of great matchups. So the NFL season uh, continues and a, a huge um, week for the Raiders to, to, to really with the opportunity, major opportunity to start turning their season around um, at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. So it's a big week and, and we'll see what they have um, after the one and four start. Well, uh, and we're going to get to that. Uh, but you mentioned a wedding last week. Okay, so did you coordinate with either the bride or groom or both um, in order for the for them to have been so conscientious of your work schedule uh, <laughs> that they decided to to schedule a, a wedding, their wedding, on the Raiders' bye week? Yeah, you know, I, as a matter of fact, they they gave me a call um, right when the NF, you know right when the schedule came out and said, "Look, this is the uh, this is the day." And we wanted to make sure you could come. So I really thanked them for that. I was really appreciative. Nah, nah, they actually didn't do that. But it just so happened to work out. Um, timing was perfect and was able to, to, to get out a little bit and, and to come back here. So great time. Um, have by all and some fortuitous luck and planning um, by the bride and groom allowing me to get back to the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, and that 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 comes down to, uh, oh, thank you so much. Or, oh, there goes my excuse. Uh, no, I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to actually have to attend uh, this wedding, but uh, I'm glad you had fun and I'm glad you got back and forth uh, uh, safely. Um, I want to throw some numbers by you. Let's do it. All right. So, um, gosh, it's uh, obviously the writers are one and four. And I think everyone has spent the last week, probably including the coaching staff. And I'm here at the Raiders facility right now uh, trying to figure out why. Okay. So I'm going to run some things by you. Sam. Yep. The Raiders rank 28th in the league in average points given up per game at 26th. They're tied for last in takeaways with three. They rank dead last in defensive red zone efficiency, giving up 14 touchdowns 
on their opponent's 17 trips to the Raiders' 20-yard line or beyond. Their eight, eight sacks are the second fewest in the NFL. And by the way, Max Crosby has seven of those, so that puts that in perspective. And the 254 yards they are surrendering through the air is ranked 24th in the league. Sam, aside from their run defense, which ranks fifth in the NFL, allowing 103.2 yards per game, which is great, uh, and the MVP level of uh, Crosby, who yep. we just mentioned has seven sacks and just been a terror. This Raiders defense has been a major disappointment so far, Sam. Uh, no question, Vinny. Um, no question about that. I, I Certainly not, I don't think what they expected, certainly not what I expected. I thought, I didn't think by any means this was going to be a top five unit or anything like that. But I thought when, when you have Patrick Graham coming over from the Giants, when you, again, um, we'd be remiss if he, we didn't mention that he was a head coaching candidate, um, finalist for the Vikings job. So um, that was the case. That did happen. Um, but with his influence, with how I think well that Giants defense played la- you know, last season and better this year, but that mm-hmm. aside, um, with his influence, with the addition of Chandler Jones, who, you know, is still 32, right? He's not 42. Uh, figured that he would have a big presence on this defense. And then just with who you have coming back, yeah, we knew there were going to be some questions in the secondary, uh, and we knew that their, you know, the linebacking core wasn't necessarily the deepest, but there were still playmakers uh, in, on all three levels. You have Max Crosby, one of the best defensive players in the league. Denzel Perryman's a pro bowler, uh, and, and young defensive backs that were emerging, making plays. One of them, Nate Hobbs, is just on, you know, on IR, so the Raiders are going to have to figure that out. But I thought there were enough playmakers on all three levels combined with uh, you know, more versatile scheme with Patrick Graham that this would be a solid unit, a solid unit that was capable of, uh, you know, ranking in the middle of the pack. And that's if you have a big time offense like the Raiders um, have had at times this year, uh, that that's good enough that you you can win with that. Uh, that has that just hasn't been the case, Vinny. It just hasn't been the case at all. Both uh, you know over the throughout the course of of games, but you know situationally. As well, when you talk about red zone defense, that's situational football. Teams are going to move the ball in the NFL. Teams, the other offenses get paid to make plays too. Uh, but good defenses stiffen up and they tighten up. And when certain situations arise and you need to make a play, uh, oftentimes we see it every week. Teams make plays. So Raiders deep, that just hasn't happened at any level. Um, in big spots this season. What do you attribute that to? Oh, geez. I mean, that's 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 how, a great question. Sam's thinking, Vinny, you might as well have asked me, <laughs> how, did, was, how did the universe, how was the universe created? But I'll, I'll give you a chance. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I'd like to get your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think generating pressure is a huge thing. Max Crosby has been unbelievable, but there hasn't been a consistent enough of a pass rush from, from anybody besides him. Okay, that's that, that's number one. And I think from a, a number two, um, the secondary is just, it's just been leaky. It just hasn't outside of outside of Nate Hobbs. Um, we've yet to see a real consistent playmaker or difference maker um, emerge in the secondary. So when you have a quarterback, when quarterbacks are getting time to throw uh, and, and receivers are getting open, I mean, that's going to, that's going to yield to some yards and then and some touchdowns and in terms of um, the red zone, that, 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 that's, I think hard to kind of, Pinpoint. I, I mean, I think going back to the last game we saw the Raiders play, right, Vinny, um, Travis Kelsey, um, we know he's probably the best red zone threat in the NFL right now. He's one of the greatest receiving pass catchers of all time. I think we can start putting him in that ilk with the consistency, the production. Of course, Super Bowl championship, the records he's setting from the tight end position, the way he kind of redefined that. He's running around open and, you know, open free in a number of occasions in that last game. Part of that's pe- the greatness of Patrick Mahomes, but it just didn't feel like there was a real cohesive plan to stop him. So it makes you wonder what, what are, what is being, what, what are the game, what's, 
what are the plans in place and, and then how well are the Raiders executing? It doesn't look like the game plans have been great. And it obviously doesn't look like the execution has been great at either level. So, you know, getting a, getting a, a semblance of a pass rush, I think a great defense getting stops at any level starts with, are you able to get after the quarterback and affect the quarterback? And quite frankly, the Raiders have not been able to do that um, consistently enough outside of Max Crosby. And, and I think that that creates a lot of the issues that they're having big picture then situationally as well. And now it is that time of the program where we welcome our good friend Chuck Esposito back to the show. Chuck, of course, is director of racing sports for Station Casinos. He joins us every week uh, to talk about the Raiders, Vegas betting landscape, and all things sports. Chuck, first and foremost, good to have you back. How's everything going? It's going great, Sam. It's good to be back on with you guys. And it's been a crazy season so far with only a handful of teams above 500 uh, in both conferences. A lot of parody. I'm sure Pete Rosell is is smiling up there somewhere right now with the amount of parody in football. Four of the eight divisions have first place teams with only three wins, and you know we're one third of the way through, and there's not a whole lot of questions answered, but there's a whole lot of questions unanswered. No, that's certainly the case, Chuck. Uh, like you said, a lot of parody. There's you know a couple of teams I feel like that have distinguished themselves in the respective conferences, but still, I I think too early. To, to really forecast anything. With that said, though, we last talked, I think, going into week four. Now we're going into week seven. Is there anything that you feel like has crystallized in the last three weeks uh, as, as the schedule has kind of rolled along? Uh, I think, Sam, that the Eagles are awfully good. And I think that win of Buffalo in Kansas City means that the AFC title game is going to go through Buffalo mm. in late January. And those two things really stand out for me. The two New York teams are major surprises, and there's a bunch of disappointments right now. If it's Green Bay, San Francisco, the Rams, Tampa Bay, uh, there's a lot of teams that we expected to be really good that aren't through the first six weeks of the season. No, certainly. Again, parity, um, the key word here in the NFL so far this season. Want to get get into the week seven um, slate of games, right? Not Maybe not quite. Um, as glamorous as we've seen in, in the last few weeks, but nonetheless, um, there are some crucial mass-ups. One in the AFC South, uh, to be specific, Chuck, featuring the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans, uh, teams that have had their respective issues. But look, here they both are with winning records in a, playing in a division um, that seems to be wide open. Titans uh, giving the three uh, at home with total 43 and a half. Chuck, um, one of many divisions that feels wide open so far what do you make of the landscape of the AFC South at this point, and have we learned anything about any of the four teams in this division so far? It's kind of hard, Sam. I mean, at this point, um, that division is one of those divisions that you look at, and you know, the leader of the division are the Titans at three and two. The Colts are three and three, two and one. The Jags are two and four. Titans have already beaten the Colts once. Um, I think right now the Titans are the best team. I know that Matt Ryan looked good this past weekend. He threw a lot more. He had a lot more completions. Jonathan Taylor hasn't been the same back that he was last year. Um, but this division is wide open, I think, with Titans, Colts, and Jags. Um, so there's not a whole lot of questions that have been answered yet for the South. I think it's completely up in the air, and I think all three teams are capable of winning this division. But I favored the Colts early in the season or before the season started. I favor the Titans right now. And that's really a product more of, of Rabel than anything else. Let's go across conferences with, a, with a, I think, an interesting matchup featuring a couple 
uh, of three and three teams, maybe one surprising in a positive way and one surprising in a head scratching way. Uh, the, the Bengals and the Falcons Bengals playing host to Atlanta, um, since he giving, giving six total 47 and a half Chuck, uh, with the landscape of the playoffs, right. With all this parody, um, do you feel are, are the Falcons, the team that could possibly sneak into the playoffs here? I, I think you're going to get one, maybe two in the NFC. That's around 500, nine and eight, eight, and nine tight, maybe 10 and seven. Um, but I've been really impressed with how Atlanta uh, has tailored their identity to their strengths. Is this a team um, that is this coming as a surprise to you? And can is there a blueprint for this team to make the playoffs? It absolutely comes as a surprise to me, Sam. Um, I don't think so. I mean, taking nothing away from the three and three start and that they beat San Francisco last week. Um, you know, they have covered all six games this year as well. They've mm-hmm. been great for our side of the counter. Um, but, you know, I know the division's kind of in flux right now. We know that Carolina is Carolina. McCaffrey might not be there. DJ Moore, they may follow Robbie Anderson out the door. The Saints with the injuries at wide receiver. Uh, both quarterbacks are are questionable this weekend. The Bucks haven't been the Bucks, but it's still Tom Brady. So I think they win that division. The Falcons would have to be a wild card team. And right now you've got the NFC East, which is so good that you might get three teams out of the NFC East. Just find it hard to believe that they would be the next wild card team over potentially maybe the Rams, Niners, or Packers. So I'm going to say that they've been really good. They've been a huge surprise, but I don't think they make the postseason. Chuck, I'd be remiss if we didn't discuss uh, the hometown team here, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, off to a one and four start. If if the season ended today, they would be picking uh, with the number two pick uh, in the 2023 draft. Of course, you're still. 12 games left for this particular team coming out of a bye. They give seven to the Houston Texans an obvious rebuild uh, as they look to restructure um, their team. Total 46. Chuck, what what does this game mean for the Raiders? It starts a streak of games where you feel like they can go on a run. What does the magnitude of this week present uh, for the Raiders, who, of course, favored by a touchdown against the rebuilding Texas? Sam, there are only six teams in the AFC that have a winning record today. And I, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to say two things. One, the Raiders are not going to be picking second in the draft come <laughs> next April. And, and two, I think when you look at the schedule they have coming up against the Texans, winnable game against the Saints, winnable game against the Jags, winnable game at home against the Colts, winnable game at the Broncos, winnable game at the Seahawks, winnable game at home against the Chargers, winnable game. Then they play the Rams. Patriots, which are a little bit tougher. I think it's a, a Raider team that coming out of the bye can go on a winning streak, can win six of their next seven, uh, seven of their next seven, and put themselves in a position to still be a playoff team. And I wouldn't have said that under normal circumstances. Teams that, you know, are one and four, you're writing off saying they're not making the postseason. We talked about it after week two, how difficult it is for a team that's 0 and 2. They're one and four. But I still think based on their schedule, this is a team that if they can get hot right now with a with a much more favorable schedule coming out of their bye, they should have beaten Kansas City. That maybe they that loss kind of was a wake up call that we're a lot better than we should be playing. And I, I think this Raider team goes on a roll. They're not even picking in the top ten. And I think they become a a, a contender again over the next four to six weeks. Schedule, of course, definitely presents itself as such. And with the parity, still plenty of time for the Raiders to make a run. Chuck, one more that, that jumps out to me, of course, would be a rematch from the 2020 Super Bowl. The Chiefs going to San Francisco, um, giving three, I think, a crucial game for both teams. The Chiefs 
to the Chiefs regrouping uh, after a home loss to Buffalo. And the Niners, uh, after losing on the road uh, to the aforementioned Atlanta Falcons, uh, who does this game mean more for, Chuck, in the context and the landscape of this particular juncture of the season? I think it does San Francisco, Sam. To me, they've been one of the disappointments in, in the league. They lose at Chicago. They lose at Denver. They lose at Atlanta. Three teams that aren't going to make the postseason. Um, so they need to kind of right the ship, I think, in a hurry. Uh, Kansas City at 4-2. and two. We know that Denver and the Raiders have had their struggles. Chargers are 4-2 and two, but haven't played that well. I'm not worried about the Chiefs. I know last year they got off to a slow start and then were right there at the end. I still expect them to be playing maybe the, the Bills for the AFC title game. I think it's a much bigger game for the Niners. The only caveat to that is that there's no team that's above 500 in the NFC West. So maybe it's not that big, but I don't think you want to go to three and four here. have lost back-to-back games. And again, they've been really bad uh, on the road. They're 2-0 at home. They're 1-3 and away. Mm. Um, so I think it's a much bigger game for San Francisco than it is for Kansas City, in my opinion. Chuck, before we let you get out of here, anything else that you uh, want to talk about as, as we get into week seven, what promises, even on the matchups on is great to be another fascinating week in the NFL. I guess it's just, again, the parody, Sam, you know, coming off a week where Tampa and Baltimore and, and Green Bay and San Francisco, all these teams that were kind of prohibitive favorites um, got beat. That is, they're going to be one of these sleeper teams. I think the two New York teams, have been, really been huge surprises right now. I think you look at the skill set that the Jets have on offense. The Jets might be a, you know, a team that if they can get some confidence and get Zach Wilson playing really well, defensively they're good. They've got great young receivers, two really good running backs. I think both these two New York teams are going to continue to surprise, and, and I think they're going to be there in the wild card discussion as we move on throughout the season. Absolutely, Chuck. Uh, very much uh... – appreciate your insights as we do every week we look forward to talking um, as the season continues to develop and as hey hopefully we get some answers uh, about what the landscape of this league is going to look like it's been a fascinating year so far we appreciate you joining us uh, to recap every single week so thank you so much uh, my pleasure sam it's good to be back with you guys and and again i think now's the time for the raiders uh, to go on a little bit of a roll with a really fed favorable schedule over the next six or seven weeks Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the SDN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started, no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit. You may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer located in the bottled water section of your local store. Well, I tell you what, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. And it's available in still, sparkling, and three flavors. Why is this water called Liquid Death? Well, because it'll brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. 
One day I was at work in the cafeteria and saw that the Las Vegas Review Journal is carrying liquid death in their vending machine. So I sat there wondering while I was eating my chicken pot pie if I cracked one open that it would fake out my coworkers and make them think I was actually drinking a nice icy cold tall boy beer with lunch. Go get liquid death now at your local Smiths, Walmart, Sprouts, and Terrible stores or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash vegasnation. That's liquiddeath.com slash vegasnation. For me, it does go back to the uh, to the pressure or lack thereof. Now, we just got through um, on Tuesday talking to Patrick Brown, the Raiders defense coordinator, and asked him a lot of um, you know questions about the very things that we're thinking of. And you know, one of the things that he stressed, uh, and I'm going to be writing about this for uh, Vegas Nation, our, our Raiders coverage, is you know it's all fine and well, and and those are you know he's not going to sit here and defend any of those statistics whatsoever. But um, whatever has happened has no bearing on what can happen. So. Right. You know, he's taking that approach, which obviously you have to. There is nothing you can do about what's already happened. It's all about what can you do to improve on what's happened. And I think that's the goal. That's the objective. That's what they're trying to do right now. Um, but if to do that <laughs> in order to improve um, on those numbers, I think it does start with, all right, you know, how much pressure are you getting on the quarterback? I thought the Raiders took a... Here's what's crazy. I thought the Raiders took a big step in the right direction on uh, Monday, their last game uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs on that very thing. I thought that Chandler Jones came alive. Sure. Uh, I, th- I thought they were between he and Max Crosby um, were kind of having their way in a lot of uh, regards. Now, it didn't translate to sacks for Chandler Jones, but I felt like he was being effective um, in that. And that's something that if – if that's the Chandler Jones that the Raiders can kind of count on now moving forward, because he, it, that hasn't been the Chandler Jones at all uh, this year, except for maybe a little bit of the second half in the Denver Broncos and then against the Kansas City Chiefs. But if that's if they uncorked Chandler Jones and that's who they take into the Texans game and then on and so forth uh, as the season goes on, to me that makes a huge difference because I can't – like Patrick Mahomes was making plays – in the face of that pressure. Yeah. And there's not many guys in this league that can do that. And I'm looking at who the Raiders are getting ready to place Davis Mills, you know, from the Houston Texans. I don't know who's going to be at quarterback uh, for the new Orleans saints. Um, Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, a good young quarterback, but not maybe quite there uh, yet. Um, you know, Russell Wilson again. And then uh, if he's even out there, it sounds like he's got a pretty could potentially have a pretty serious hamstring injury. Uh, And then Geno Smith up in Seattle. So there's an opportunity to me over these next six weeks or so, if that's the Chandler Jones, that could really kind of ignite an area that, as you and I both seem to agree, has really let the Raiders down, and that's getting pressure on the quarterback and maybe letting that sort of help everything that's behind it. Yeah, I think, and this is something we I think we talked about before on the pod, Vinny, is, you know, just the, the synergy that, that good defensive teams have. You get a pass rush, it makes everybody else's job easier, and it's, it's tough to, you know, is it a lot of pressure on the pass rushers on Max Crosby and Chandler Jones? Sure, but that's why pass rushers in the NFL are paid well, among defensive players. They're the most premium players. That's why they get paid as such, because of the effect um, that pressuring the quarterback can have. So if all of a sudden quarterbacks have, you know, half less second to throw on average or whatever uh, amount of time is is, is a, a, a enough of a difference, whatever that may be, point being, if Chandler Jones emerges 
Um, and it's just a consistent force. Like you said, applying pressure doesn't always have to yield sacks. Of course, sacks are the goal. That's what you want, but it doesn't always have to yield that. Uh, you have two two effective pass rushes instead of one. Well, all of a sudden, the corners don't have to cover for as long. The linebackers don't have don't have as much uh, space that they have to be responsible for because they don't have to cover for quite as long. So that, I, I think, is the kind of the first domino to fall to really uh, necessitate some improvement, like you said, in the – on the back end um, and with the players behind, you know, the front, you know, the, the defensive front. So um, they're going to have opportunities, right? Like, like, like you mentioned, the Houston Texans, this is a team that's clearly in a rebuild that they don't know. I mean, I, I don't certainly think, uh, you know, maybe Davis Mills is their quarterback of the future, but I'm not, I'm not sold on that. This is a team that, you know, Levy Smith as coach feels like they're transitioning. They, they just, I, they just fire their, their, their GM or their, their president of football operations. So this is a team in turmoil. Yeah. And if you're the Raiders and you're one and four, what better opportunity to get your defense playing well, to make a statement, to, to, to start uh, the second part of the season um, on a high note, than with a team in Houston, that, you know, Davis Mills, not the most mobile guy. There's There feels, point being, Vinny, there feels like there's opportunities to get things going and get to building some confidence, right? Because I think that's an important part, um, too, you know, with with where this defense is. They need to, they need a reason to feel good because they really haven't had many of those so far this season. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because, um, you know, when you, when you look at things, they've played pretty well in certain sure. spurts, in certain quarters. And that's what's so perplexing about it all, obviously, except for when teams get into the red zone, they're just, you know, downright awful uh, in, in that area. Uh, but they, you know, they pitched a shutout in a couple of second halves. Well, maybe seven points against one team and shutout against another team. Um, they they essentially shut out, you know, the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs played a couple of really good first, you know, yep. first and second quarter against the Kansas City Chiefs on, on Monday. I think they did have, you know, maybe gave up three points against the Cardinals in the first half of that of the game that they lost there. But they just haven't, whether it's starting off well and then fading in the second half or starting off bad and then coming on strong in the second half, um, it's been one or the other for the Raiders. And they just haven't been able to put those, you know, consistent four quarters of football together. I guess I'm wondering is, are they going to be able to get it in time for them to be somewhat of a, of a, of an asset for the, for the Raiders, if it's for the Raiders as a whole, because this Raiders offense scoring 25, 26 points per game is sixth yeah. in the NFL. And I think that that group is headed in the right I direction. I do too. Um, when you kind of talk about the offense, I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. Josh Jacobs this year has been as good of a running back uh, as there's been in the league. And even with the bye, he's still third in the NFL um, in rushing, uh, enjoying a career high, I think 5.2 yards per carry. He's over, he's north of five, five yards of carry. Uh, and, and there is an, a, an explosive element um, that he's playing with that, that he's not, not, not nobody's saying he's a speedster or anything, but there's, he's running with a burst. He's running with power. He's running with efficiency. And I think it's created, you know, balance was the word that, you know, Raiders coaches have been saying, but there, there, there is balance. I mean, when you have a running back go for 140 and 150 yards, well, look at the effect that that's had on, on the passing game to a degree. We've seen Devontae Adams get going and it really, it does feel like, like the offense is starting to, to turn a corner a little bit and, and to figure some things out and going into Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah. And a losing effort, but hanging up, hanging the points they did on the road against Kansas City defense. I mean, they scored more points in Kansas and Arrowhead Stadium than Buffalo did. And there, yeah. there's something to be said from that. From a talent perspective, there's I don't even with the defense playing as poorly as it has. Um, if you can get if you can correct that a little bit and just play a, a little better, there's enough talent on this team 
as we've seen throughout the first it's not that hasn't been a problem there's there's enough talent for this team to go on a run here especially with the with the opponents you take a look at the schedule I know it's it's the NFL any given Sunday and there's been a lot of parity this year but it, it feels like there's a situation where the Raiders can rattle off a few victories here because you're right the offense has carried it, it is doing its part can the defense come with are there matchups in the next couple of weeks that could create some favorable situations for this defense to make plays and support an offense um, that has been solid, you know, through the first five, you know, the first five games of the season. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. Um, and, you know, we will see. Um, I'm going to rattle something else uh, off to you. All right. So it's the Houston Texans, the New Orleans Saints, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Denver Broncos. What, I might be missing somebody. And then the, uh, oh, the Indianapolis Colts, Denver Broncos, and the Seattle Seahawks. That's how the Raiders close October and run through November. So those are their those that that's who they're playing leading up to December. We all know that the Raiders are one and four right now. When you look at that schedule coming up, that chunk of games, six games, where do you realistically think that they can be as they start December? Yeah, I, I think it would be a tall task, Vinny, asking them to reel off all you know all six all six victories um, from a talent perspective, from what we've seen from the Raiders and just kind of what we know about their personnel. Um, they feel like the better team, and you know, majority. Of those matchups, I do think Indy um, is, is is piecing some things together and playing a little better. I thought Matt Ryan played his best game of the season uh, on Sunday, and they're doing some thing they're doing some things to get him him going. But when when I take a look at you know just that that slate of games, Vinny four you know four and two five and one should be a realistic expectation. And based on what we've seen from from the AFC West um, up to this you know juncture. Right. Like there there are victories, I think, to be had there, too. It's Yeah, they're one and four, um, but this team isn't isn't buried by any means. So if you can get to what is it, a stretch of six games, if you're six and five, even if you're five and six, I mean, weren't they five and six last year and won five of the last six? It, it's again, it's 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 a it's a tall task. We understand that. We understand that being one and four puts you in a very unfavorable um, position. But I think just from a matchup perspective and. Who they have um, winning four or five out of six, not only is it realistic, but it's kind of what they they need to do here, right? Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And we'll see because I think that they can get, you know, if, if I, I think if they could get to six and five, seven and four, they should be able to uh, before this stretch is, is, is over. And, you know, we're going to we're going to have to see if that exactly uh, does happen. So it's an interesting, you know, uh, point of their season, point of their schedule. We all knew that it was going to be rigorous to start off with. It's been exactly that. So we'll see if they're going to be able to take advantage of what looks to be uh, a better part of the schedule for them. Um, but, you know, they got to start. It's it's it's, it's enough yeah. of the talk. Um, they've got to start doing. Uh, action needs to start happening, uh, and it needs to happen fast, and it needs to start with the, with the Houston Texans and then move on from there. That's going to do it for us this week. Uh, when we reconvene, we'll know exactly what happened <laughs> against the Houston Texans on Sunday over at Allegiant Stadium. Sam, thank you so much. Enjoy the NBA, which starts uh, this week. Looking forward to it. Me too, Vinny. Um, this is a great time of year. You know, football in full swing of things. Great postseason baseball. Um, captivating games, captivating matchups. And of course, like you said, Vinny, the NBA season starting nice. So for sports fans, um, I don't think there's a better time of the year. I, I really don't. And Absolutely. I'm super excited uh, to be here with you. And, and like you said, we'll see what happens um, Sunday. The Raiders are in prime position to go on a big run. Uh, and to get their season back on track, uh, and it's a game they—they they, it's a must-win game. It's a game they need to win against an opponent that they should, you know, they should outmatch. 
Uh, and I'm looking forward to see what they bring to the table, what adjustments they made after the buy. I do too. Uh, Larry Muir, our great producer, thank you for everything that you do. <clears throat> just want to remind everybody that Vegas Nation podcasts are sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by our Las Vegas Review Journal, Blue Wire, and Liquid Death, which, by the way, I'm going to go get some Liquid Death right now because uh, I've got uh, something that I got to take <laughs> care of. <laughs> Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started, no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $500 on your first deposit.